Everybody's talking about Jesus. Everybody is amazed about what he's doing. Everybody wants their child healed. Everybody wants a demon cast out. They're they all trying to get at Jesus. So he only has four disciples at this point. He hadn't even chosen the other eight. He only has four disciples now. And, and, and as he's going just to teach the word of God, I want you to see in your mind's eye, I want you to see thousands surrounding him. They're packing it out. Uh, they had to turn folk away from getting in because there were so many people just trying to get near him. Word of God says that when Jesus comes into this synagogue, see, they're a big-time synagogue. They got a whole bunch of people. Everybody's trying to get at their pulpit, but they've heard so much about Jesus. I can see the brother say, listen, man, we, we're so glad to have you here today. Uh, we'd like for you to just give us some words. We, we understand that. They have not heard about Nazareth. I imagine had they heard about Nazareth, they, he might have not got that engagement. So when Jesus walks in, the word of God says, look carefully at the text there in verse 22. The Bible says that when Jesus, oh my goodness, I wish I had language to describe the scene. That when Jesus ascends up to the pulpit and he takes the scroll and he begins to talk about that his mission is to come and bring deliverance. That his mission is to come and bring healing. That his mission is to come and save souls. That he has not come as a political power. He has not come to be a, a, a spiritual vending machine where they put in their money and the blessings come out. But instead, he came to save. Instead, he came to deliver. Instead, he came to be an enemy to evil. Yo, so, 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 dag, man, I'm sorry. I wish I could do it like Jesus, man. Jesus is preaching, and I, I'm sorry, y'all. I've heard a lot of good preachers. But can you imagine Jesus preaching? <sighs> Desire of Angels said that, that, that when he spoke, that his words were with authority. Uh, notice, look at the text here. The Bible says, verse 22, the people were amazed at his teaching. Uh, the Greek word there for amazed is the word, is the word explosso. Can y'all say that? Explosso. Yeah, 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 you sound good. Explosso. Say that one more time, explosso. You know what explosso means? Explosso means to smack in the face. They were so astonished by his teaching that it was like a slap in the face. Uh, another way of looking at that word explosso, it, it also says for one to lose self-possession, uh, to be knocked down. In other words, notice this now, Jesus is teaching with such clarity and such authority and with such power. The Bible is literally saying that the people were blown away. Y'all, come on now. You know, you know my, my imagination is, is going crazy now. I mean, as Jesus is getting in gear, I mean, folks are leaning to the edge of their seat. And I can see folks, I mean, like. Hey, look, when, when somebody is really bringing it, sometimes you can't even get an amen in because you're just so baffled. says that as he, now this is the early parts of the sermon, as he continued, his stuff got so deep. His stuff cut so close to the heart. It was so encouraging. And notice now, the difference between Jesus preaching, because the text says, they admired, they were amazed, they were smacked in the face. They were knocked down by his teaching because it was not like the scribes and elders. <laughs> not these elders. Come on, say amen. <laughs> Them elders out there, come on, say amen, somebody. 
See, the elders in that day, see, a synagogue was basically a layman-driven church. There were no professional pastors in a synagogue. All you needed was 10 Jewish men to start a synagogue. And these were not trained preachers. So when it was their turn to preach, all they would do was get up and rehearse what another rabbi said. And if you study Desire of Ages, she'll tell you that they were dry and monotonous. And and, and their goal was to try to be deep and impressive instead of trying to change lives. I don't got time to go there right now. Jesus was going for lives to be changed. He didn't care how his language was. He didn't care if he had the right syllables. He didn't care if he split the English a little bit or the Hebrew or whatever. His main objective is I want somebody to be saved. These guys that get up there and they're, uh, you know, and, and, and rabbi so-and-so said so forth and so on. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. And the Bible says that the people were unimpressed with their teaching. And then Jesus comes in and when, and just, just, his, just his presence alone, the glow of God is all over him. He's been fasting for 40 days and the spirit of God is oozing all out of his pores. The light of God's countenance is all over his face. And not only that, there's love in his eyes. It's one, see, some of us, some of us, uh, 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 there's a difference in knives. Uh, You know, you got several kind of knives. Uh, You got a butcher's knife. And you got a scaffold. A scaffold is used precisely and is used carefully in order to bring healing to the body. But a butcher got one goal in mind. It's to chop that thing up so they can eat it. And many, t- many of the Christian uh, 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 teaching and, and many of us who call ourselves Christian, we do more harm than we do good. We call ourselves trying to hold up the standard, but all we really do is putting our foot down on people's neck. When somebody's down, don't step on them. When somebody hadn't been to church in a long time, don't walk up to them and say, oh, we ain't seen you in a long time. Shut up. They know that. Sometimes, yeah, listen, sometimes, sometimes folk don't know what to say. You'll be going through a trial and they'll come up and say, I remember a friend of mine lost a loved one and somebody had the nerve to come up to them and say some old stupid stuff like God is doing this to test your character. Shut up. Ain't nobody want to hear that when they lost a loved one. Our words sometimes kill. We're butchers instead of healers. But the words of Christ were mingled with compassion. Sometimes you'll read in the spirit of prophecy where Ellen White will say that there were tears in his eyes. When he would teach and he would be cutting the Pharisees. But when he did it, he was pleading for their salvation. Oh, thank God today. Thank God we serve a God who's not trying to destroy us. He's trying to save us. I have not come to condemn, but I've come to save. Check him out, though. Folk are like, woo! Woo! I mean, they're they, they hoping he takes a breath so they can just, so just be able to cogitate on what he said before. Wow. And then, like a storm had swept the building. Uh, it was almost like it was daylight and it immediately went to nighttime. 
The Bible says without warning. The word of God says with no expectation. They were just coming in to have service like they always did before. Oh, some of y'all, man, y'all, y'all, y'all done missed moves of God because you just keep coming to church like you did before. You got no expectation. You ain't looking for nothing to happen. Man, my brother Edward, uh, I can't wait for y'all to meet him. But my brother from the hood, he crazy. And back in the day, he was one of them type dudes didn't wait for nobody to hit him first. That dude went looking for a fight. Some of y'all may, may remember some years back in St. Petersburg, Florida, at that uh, youth congress, there was a big brawl. Uh, that was my brother. He went looking for a fight. Uh, he, he was expecting somebody to get in his face. Spiritually minded people ought to look for a fight. But your fight ought to not, ought not be against flesh. For the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Hear me now. When you come to the house of worship, you ought to come with a warfare mindset. Some of y'all come in here all critical, analyzing the sermon and analyzing what folk are wearing and analyzing the choir and analyzing folk that ain't been to church. Shut up. You better get your world clothes on. You don't know what to jump off in the house of worship on Sabbath. Watch here now. On Sabbath, at church, the Bible says Jesus in the middle of his sermon, this demon in this man could not take the truth any longer. The confrontation of Jesus had disturbed the soul so long that he could not sit comfortably in church any longer. Y'all missed that. Let me, let me just go ahead and ask this question. Um, how is it that a man with a demon, now if you read the Greek carefully, it'll tell you that he had been coming to church. It wasn't until Jesus showed up that the demon came out. It was unprovoked. It was comfortable even at church. Some of y'all so crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the enemy, he all out there with them adulterers and he at the club and, and uh, everybody's smoking and all the gay people, they're all the sin and all the girls getting pregnant out of wedlock. That's where the devil is and, and all the druggies and all the alcoholics. You fool. You fool. You think that the devil is that obvious in his tactics? Do you think that the devil only hangs on corners late at night? Do you think that the devil only is in the heroin, in the heroin houses? Do you think he's only in the drug houses? Do you think he's only at the nightclub? You, are you out of your mind? You talking about a deceiver that has been practicing deception before, for 6,000 years. First place you ought to look for the devil is at church. Look. Watch, watch this. Watch, watch, watch this. For real. Watch this. Watch, 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 watch what happens. This brother had been coming and he was unprovoked. One of the first things I want, I want to teach you right now is that, that the spirit of Christ that comes with a word of authority provokes the evil in us. Everybody, see... You thought we were just talking about the bad people. I'm talking about you. You. All y'all. Myself included. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because I have so much good stuff here. But, but, but let me just go ahead and go here. Desire of Ages says, and I don't have time to read it, 
but that the same demon that was in this man was in the unbelieving Jews. Y'all don't believe me. You don't believe me, do you? The same evil spirit, is our pages 256, paragraph 5. The same evil spirit that tempted Christ in the wilderness and that possessed the maniac of Capernaum controlled the unbelieving Jews. It did not say the Pharisees. It said the church truth people who were full of unbelief. One of the first steps to welcome demonic influence in your life is to be a person who is full of unbelief. Uh, can we go back to the Garden of Eden? Can we expose the devil for a second? Because I'm going to talk about demon possession in a second. Because some of us are confused about this teaching. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. When Satan came to Adam and Eve, his first thing that he wanted to do was create unbelief. One of my young people sent me a text. I'm supposed to be answering questions today in the middle of my sermon. I told him they can interrupt my sermon. Just, send me, just shoot me a text and I'll answer it. Yeah. Yeah, so somebody asked me, he said, you know, when the demon came out of the man, was it a physical manifestation of a demon or a spirit? Well, one thing we know for sure is that demons used to be angels. They really are angels. They used to be angels of good and light, but when they turned their backs on God and went with Lucifer or Satan, then they became evil. The Bible says that they, are minist they were ministering spirits, but now they are evil spirits. So I can imagine when that demon came out of the man, that he came out and nobody saw him leave. They just saw the results of what he did. Why would the devil want you to see him? That's not his game. There you go. The devil is busy. Anytime you start assigning the devil being busy, most of the time that's God trying to do something to get your attention. The devil is too slick for you to be knowing where he is. Matter of fact, stop trying to chase him down and figure out what he's doing and keep your eyes on what God is doing. So, 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 so check this. <laughs> It says that, but with them, these unbelieving Jews, he assumed an air of piety. Y'all better get this. Seeking to deceive them as to their motives in rejecting the Savior. Their condition was more hopeless than that of the demoniac, for they felt no need of Christ. And therefore... They were held fast under the power of Satan. Now, this is really what I want to talk about today. Our natural inclination is to see the devil like we see this man. The Bible says he came out with shrieks. His body was contorted. The word of God says that when Jesus was preaching, he interrupted the sermon. I mean, Jesus preached, I mean, on Sabbath in church. He could not control himself because truth does that to evil. Well, some of you, when you come to church and the Holy Spirit is moving and you start feeling that uncomfortable feeling, that's God. Don't avoid that thing. But on this day, that infant demon could not take it. And he leaped out. And the man, but notice, the man tried to articulate help. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
they saw the most wretched human being alive. But Jesus saw a man that wanted help. But he just didn't know how to get it, Lord Jesus. Just, oh, Lord God, help me, help me, help me, Lord. Help me, help me, help me. I know that there's some folk in here today that want to be free. They just, they just can't. The enemy got them so wrapped up, got them feeling so guilty, got their pride so strong that when they try to cry out for help like this demon, instead of God's voice coming out and asking for help, the devil talks in their stead. But see, that's our visual of a demon. Crazy and wild and... But what we just read... It's that perhaps many in that congregation were under the influence. And I emphasize that word. I will not say possession. I will say under the influence of demonic forces. Everyone under the sound of my voice has been under the influence of demonic forces. Let's level the playing field in here today. Don't sit up in here looking all cute. Don't sit up in here and act like you ain't never done nothing wrong. Don't sit up in here and act like you ain't never sinned. Don't sit up in here and act like you... Lord. Don't, don't even do it. Because this is what they did. And as Jesus preached, they like his words. But when he started trying to come and change their lives, that's when the demon kept them more religious. I'm too spiritual to come down for the appeal. I'm not going to go and apologize to them. That is satanic. You better write this down. There are three levels of demonic influence. Perhaps four. The first one is the carnal mind. According to Romans 7. If you are carnally minded, that means you don't walk according to the spirit. If the spirit of God is not guiding your life. Brothers, let me come down here. Yeah. If the spirit is not guiding your life, then who's controlling it? Who's guiding it? You know, let's not play with this thing. The Bible says, he that is with me, he that is not with me is against me. You cannot, you cannot, and I'm not saying you're possessed. I'm talking about levels. You are just under the influence of demonic forces. But he has not gotten total access so that he has ownership or possession. Possession is when the enemy has ownership. Now watch this now. We think that possession is always some neurological, physiological manifestation when somebody is hovering off the ground or when somebody says something crazy. Sometimes they just need medication. Watch this. I said sometimes. I said sometimes. But know this now. There are... See, we only see that side and say that's the devil. What the Bible is teaching us today is that there are many of us sitting up in church who enjoy the sermons, who are amazed by the teaching, and we are under the possession of devils. That's why the power of God cannot move in the church. So you start off carnal, number one, and then... The next level is strongholds, 2 Corinthians 10. 
A stronghold is when you exalt a particular area of your life over God. So, for example, you can have the spirit of lust, the spirit of bitterness, the spirit of anger. Now, a demon is not just relegated to one particular kind of sin, but he knows you. He knows what will keep you down. He knows what. And so what he does is he builds a strong. Are y'all following me today? Uh, Notice now the language that is used in the Bible to describe the activity of demons is military language. So, for example, if, if somebody got sick and tired of the United States always trying to play police in every other country, you know what they would do? The first thing they would do is they would set up a base here. Oh, no, let me start. They would have influence with our policies. That's the carnal mind. They, they are just influencing us, getting, getting us to think like they think. Next thing you know, we've bought into some of the mentality. And so we say, Bring, establish a base here. Maybe your Air Force or your Navy. And that's a stronghold. A stronghold is another term for a, for a base. There are some things in our lives, truth be told, that the enemy has stronghold over. Okay. That means you have not totally surrendered yourself to the enemy, but there are areas where he has absolute control. Your mouth! Your eyes! Your mindset! You're negative all the time. You're full of unbelief. Generational curses that have been passed down. You can't tell me the devil ain't real. With all this stuff that's happening in our world right now, the Bible says that he is the prince of the air. Do you think that what happened in Japan is just God trying to get the folks' attention? That was the devil! So he sets up a stronghold. And you know what's after a stronghold? See, if you give the devil permission over one area, the Bible tells us in Matthew that when a person sweeps their house clean, uh, so, so so notice now, the idea is that you're a church person, you're a Christian, you know, you come to church, you lift your hands, you love gospel music, you know, you like doing church things, you like hanging around the church, you may even hold an office in the church, but watch this now, you have a stronghold in your life. That you're afraid to surrender. What you're doing is you're committing the first steps to ownership. So the enemy says, oh, I, I can have that area. And you, I'm not willing to fight this thing because I just can't. Unbelief. And so he said, well, let me have this one too. And then let me have that. And then let me have this. Before you know it, you get this I don't care attitude. Well, you say, I'm too far gone. I'm too much into this thing. I can't come back to church. Are you foolish? This thing is real. I'm, I'm telling you, this thing is real. I remember I was preaching in, 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 in Newport News, Virginia, and I stood up to preach the word of God with authority and power. And as I began to preach the word of God, a woman leaped out of her seat. With incantation and loud voices, her guttural tones were unhuman. This was my first time with that kind of experience. 
and we paused right there in the service. I saw some old sisters from the church dressed in white get up out of their seats, not with fear, not with trepidation. They went immediately to that young lady and with superhuman strength, they were able to hold her down and they began to pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, there's some stuff that you just saying, well, that's just Johnny. That's just how he is. No, it ain't, brothers and sisters. That's not just Johnny. That's a spirit. Well, he just like his daddy. He just, you know, he just, don't play with that thing. Don't laugh about that thing. You better put the blood of Jesus over him. So we go from just being carnally minded. We love the world. We just love, we're going to party, we're going to club, we're going to do whatever. And then we have this mindset, I'm going to get saved later. We're going to break God's commandments. We're going to work on Sabbath. We're going to do all. We're just going to, hey, I'll fix it later. And all we're doing is building up a stronghold of unbelief. And the enemy is sending in uh, sentinel after sentinel. And what they're doing is they're holding down that fort. And all the while, you can say hallelujah. You can lift hands. You can enjoy worship services. You can serve on the deacon board. You can serve on the elder board. You can be the pastor of the church. But you got strongholds. After strongholds comes occupation. Don't think the United States is just comfortable in the Middle East setting up bases. We want to occupy those countries. That's how we roll. Y'all better watch these United States of America. First, we start influencing policy. Next thing you know, they like, you know, the American McDonald's pops up over there. Come on in here, somebody. You know, next thing you know, you see people in the jungle with Jordans on. Hey, they listen to rap music. You say, yo, y'all know who Lil Wayne is? And kids in the jungle be like, yeah. He dope. Next thing you know, they say, well, let us help protect you. And they bring over an army base. And they're sending in their ships. And they're sending in their, their cruisers. And they're getting comfortable there. Next thing you know, United States has ownership. They paying us money. <laughs> My point is, is that possession is not always as we see it. And I'm not saying everyone is possessed, but there is demonic influence. And you can look like this and be influenced, or you can look like this and be influenced. Check yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, check yourself. Don't worry about me. Look at yourself. Let me close this thing out. Bible says this spirit rives and reeks. Jesus is so cool, though. Let us consider Jesus knew what was going to go down that day. That's why he went there. Come on in here. Where, where, where y'all at in here? He went there on purpose. Jesus went looking for demon-possessed people. Come on, y'all. Come on. There ain't no sinners in here. I don't got no sinners in here. I don't got no sinners in here because y'all be going buck wild right now. I, I, you, I, he went looking for you. 
not not when you was in the church, but he went looking for you when you was in the wrong bedroom. He went looking for you when you had that needle in your vein. He, he went looking for you. Come on in here and bless his name. I don't care what your style of praise is. Lift him up in this place. He went looking for you. Uh, well, watch this now. Oh, my, 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 my. The Bible says this demon said, I know who you are. And notice the man, he's trying to ask for help because he sees something he's never saw, be, saw before. And as Jesus, he senses, as Ivan just says, that his help is in the room. I don't take worship for joke. I don't take the, I ain't coming to church tomorrow. I don't feel like, are you crazy? He came here looking for you. He came in here with deliverance in his hands. He came in here with healing in his hands. He came in here with power in his hands. He came in here to help your family. He came in here to deliver your mind. He came in here. Thank you, Jesus. He came in here. And we all crazy. We all got issues. We all got struggles. We all got stuff we're fighting through. We all got sins that beset us. We all got our stuff. But he came here. Man, where they at today, man? He came for you. And you. And you. He came in here. And this is why it is an insult to the presence of God when he comes in here with life-giving power and you turn your nose at his grace and you turn your back on it and you say, maybe later, Lord Jesus. My kids, my kids, you know, the Bible says he taught with authority. I'm going to wrap this up. It's good. It's good. Y'all know the way I move up here. I'm, I'm liable to roll down there and get it. <laughs> the Bible says with authority he taught, right? The Bible says he taught with authority. Uh, unlike the scribes, they had no authority. They just repeated what other people said. Zyvagus says that, that there are many people in the church, and the only truth they know is what somebody told them. They don't know what the text is. They don't know what the statement is. They're just regurgitating what they heard. But see, authority is different. See, when Jesus spoke with authority, he was speaking the word that he spoke. He was talking about himself. Uh, let, let me just break it down. He, it was personal to him. Authority uh, uh, evokes the idea of control, of jurisdiction. For example, my kids, they do this thing. And they'd be lying. <laughs> uh, they do this thing where I hear them in the room and, you know, they get into an argument. Oh, they get into a fight. Let's just go ahead and be honest. They're in there, they're in there, they're in there just about to go at it. And, and, I, and I, hear, I hear one of the kids say, but daddy said. <laughs> you know, like that thing evokes some kind of authority. 
you know, almost to settle the dis- dispute. Mommy say, mommy ain't say nothing. Daddy ain't say nothing. And now my kids are getting in this self-righteous thing where they, they're invoking the name of the Lord. I'm not saying taking his name in vain. Oh, but, but God doesn't want you to spank me. <laughs> Somebody say authority. But see, but see, my kids know each other too well. If Camden says to Taylor, uh, but daddy said, that don't put no fear in her. <laughs> Taylor say the same thing, uh, and? <laughs> they'll, they'll say, but he ain't in here now. <laughs> but when I walk in the room, And when Sinead walks in the room, and I've seen the cases when Taylor or Cannon will say, but daddy said, and I said it, and, 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 and Taylor or Cannon, they just ain't going to receive it from their brother. But when daddy comes in, and I, yes, I did say that. Do A, B, and C. Authority has walked in the room. <laughs> Sit down, boy. Clean your room. <laughs> Take out the trash. <laughs> hey, all the parents in here, tell the truth, man. Y'all know y'all like the authority of being a parent. Don't say you. I said. You can't get no respect at church. Hey, look, I can't even walk in my own bedroom and tell my wife anything. Come on in here, somebody. <laughs> Imagine me saying this in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I said, woman. My wife will do one of these moves here. Wherever you lost your mind, you better go find it. (laughs) But the authority of Jesus, he did not have somebody to speak for him. He did not have an angel to cast out the demon. And notice in the text, Jesus doesn't say, oh, let's pray, everybody. We got a demon in here. Everybody get together. Where the oil at? Somebody give me some oil. Let's let... See, when you have been with God, you don't need to go through all that. You don't need to pray loud. You don't need to pray soft. You just be what God, well, when you've been with God, when you were in his presence. We're talking about the same God that spent all nights in prayer. He didn't need to pray no screaming, yelling prayer. The Bible says when the demon came out, it happened just like this. He said, be still. And I see the demon still. As a matter of fact, the Greek word there for be still actually means to be muzzled. In other words, when Jesus, when Jesus spoke those words, a supernatural muzzle went on the mouth of the enemy. And then when he had him still, he says, now come out. Demons, the, the enemy only has life so long as he's in you. The demon, the devil has no power if he hadn't gotten control of somebody. The Bible says that with a shriek, now he was frustrated. But see what this more reveals. The Bible says all this convulsing happened. See, what really happened is this man and the enemy had, were married together. 
of the Greek there gives the idea of one flesh. So that when you are amputating, making a spiritual amputation, it's painful. Oh, anybody who ever left any sin in here and it, and it hurt, raise your hand. Come on in here. You had to walk out on that relationship. Let me give you just a few points. Let me get out of here because I, I can preach this all day. First thing I want you to understand is, number one, God has authority over evil. Number two, deliverance is for the desperate. See, this man was desperate because his need was great. But see, some of us, we're church folk, so we really don't need that kind of breakthrough. We see other people come down the aisle. Praise God. Get your black butt up and get your behind down here. I hear folks say, uh, I, you know, I, 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 listen, sometimes I make the most general appeals. Anybody that needs to repent, come at two or three folk. Is that, is that me? Almost cussed. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. They felt no need of him. But that man, he couldn't even get out of prayer. But I want to bless his name today that God sees our desires even through the junk, even through the sin, even through the shame. He's able to look past what we look like and see what we really want. Last point. No case is too desperate for God. Notice this, though, church people. Come here, Michelle. You're already there. Um, let me say this. Notice Jesus casts the devil out of the man. He did not cast the man out of the church. Jesus dealt with the demon, not the man. Oh. Anybody thankful for his grace today? I'm done. Look. If you need him, stand. 